A reading from the book of Revelation. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the Ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to devour her child when she gave birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert where she had a place prepared by God. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have salvation and power come and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed one. The word of the Lord. stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. The queen takes her place at your right hand in gold of Ophir. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. Hear, O daughter, and see, turn your ear, forget your people and your father's house. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. So shall the king desire your beauty, he, for he is your Lord. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. They are born in with gladness and joy. They enter the palace of the king. The queen stands at your right hand. Arrayed in gold. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order, Christ the firstfruits, 
then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he subjected everything under his feet. The word of the Lord. from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. He has mercy on those who fear Him in every generation. He has shown the strength of His arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has come to the help of His servant Israel, for He has remembered His promise of mercy the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord.
Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which we entire, the entire Universal Church is celebrating today, commemorates the fruits of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, many scholars, many believers of the Christian community, since the time in which it's been held, since the, third, the fourth and fifth centuries, that means since 300 to 400 years following the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Christian community has held the belief that at the conclusion of the Blessed Virgin Mary's life, her body was assumed, body and soul, into heaven by God. In other words, taken up into heaven. Only God is able to ascend into heaven. But we must be taken up by God. And this, by virtue of a singular grace bestowed upon Mary, from the time before she was conceived in her mother's womb and brought forth and given the life that she would realize in the accordance with God's providence in the world according to salvation history. But it's because of this that many people hold today's solemnity as Easter in August. Easter in August. In the Eastern Church, today's solemnity is referred to as the Dormition of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In other words, the falling asleep of Mary. In the Western Church, our church, we celebrate it as the Assumption. But no matter how you refer to it, both East and Western Church, both lungs of the church, hold the same conviction. That because of this grace given to Our Lady, in the light in the light of what God intended to do, to bring, to send his son into the world, the eternal word of God, to come into the world, he must have set up and prepared for his, this mother, this woman, the proper disposition and graces necessary to receive such a gift. So what we see in Mary and what we celebrate today in Mary is what we anticipate for ourselves. Mary was given this grace to receive the consequences of Jesus' one perfect sacrifice that would destroy sin and restore us to life in God. And with that opening the gates of heaven, she was given this grace at the time she was conceived. And so as we consider the mystery of today's solemnity, we are really being invited to reflect upon, to meditate upon, what God intends to do with you and me at the end of our earthly journey. Our bodies became the temple of the Holy Spirit, of the very Godhead, when we were baptized. St. Paul reminds us in his epistle, love, faith, hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Yes, we see the record of the first reading from the book of Revelation. John receiving a vision. He looks into the throne room of God. He looks into the heavenly realm. This is chapter 11 and 12 of Revelation. And what does he behold? The ark of the covenant. But it's not the ark that once housed 
the staff of Aaron the priest, a sampling of the manna, the miraculous bread that came down from heaven, and the two stone tablets of the Decalogue. Not that ark does he see. He sees the woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Notice in this description of the vision, Mary, this woman, is described as having a bodily, a bodily existence. Every other being in heaven is referred to as spirits or souls. But this woman has a body. The church fathers have seen this this teaching, this, this revelation of the book of Revelation in the light of other typologies of the Old Testament as, as a confirmation of what has happened in this reality of Mary being taken up into heaven by God at the conclusion of her earthly sojourn. And notice this. This idea of somebody being taken up body and soul into heaven this is not something that the church just invented overnight, something that we came up with, some type of fantastical idea to uh, highlight and elevate the Blessed Virgin Mary. No. Look at the Old Testament record. Enoch is said to have walked on the earth as the very close friend of God and righteousness to such an extent that Enoch was taken up into heaven bodily. We just heard the record of Elijah, fleeing from the wicked queen Jezebel after having the 450 false prophets of Baal put to death by the sword. He was hiding in fear, trembling at the Mount of Horeb. And what did, what did, what did he experience? The theophany of God. God wasn't revealed to him in the earthquake, not in the fire, not in the strong driving wind, but the still, small voice. It would be that same Elijah who would be taken up into heaven on the fiery chariot as Elisha, his understudy, would watch him go up. And of course, he prayed for a double portion of the spirit of Elijah and the the tunic of Elijah fell down upon Elisha and there it happened. He was given a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. So the idea of being taken up body and soul is not something that is this relative to the New Testament. There is foundation in the biblical record of the scripture. Remember Easter. Easter Sunday was a celebration of the reunion of the body and soul of the Lord Jesus. Forty days following Easter, remember the great solemnity of the ascension of the Lord Jesus back into heaven. That was and celebrates a bodily event. Jesus entering into heaven with the human nature he assumed from the virgin womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary by the providence of God. And so it comes to pass. As we hear St. Paul describe it in this first epistle to the Corinthians, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So what we see happen in the life of Christ is the first incidence of it, The second, rightfully, would be the Blessed Virgin Mary. And now you and I are called upon to look towards this same reality. This is not something way out there. As we hear the account of the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary moving with haste to the hill country of Judea, the village is actually referred to as Ein Karem. She goes to see about her her cousin Elizabeth, 
whom she discovered through the revelation of the archangel Gabriel, was six months with, six months with child. She who was thought to be barren and sterile now is with child, for nothing shall be impossible for God. This is what the angel said to her. She moves with haste. And once she arrives at the destination, you hear the record of the gospel today. She greets Elizabeth. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cries out with a loud voice, oh, How is it that I, I receive you, who are the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting sounded in my ears, the, womb, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary, for her part, magnifies God. This beautiful prayer, this beautiful exclamation and proclamation of Magnificat acknowledges, acknowledges the greatness of God, the mightiness of God. She acknowledges her need for a savior, her lowliness, and yet the favor of God was upon her because this was the choice of God. You and I have been chosen to participate in this work of salvation to this very day. I was sharing with our school community, what can we glean from today's gospel? As we move forward in this liturgical year, as we begin a new school term, what can we glean? Well, first of all, we see in the Virgin Mary, one who shows us how to navigate the way to God. Mary is not the way, but she's been given to us by Almighty God as the guide par excellence as to how to navigate the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And so as we see Our Lady moving with enthusiasm and haste to thank God for prayers answered in the person of her cousin Elizabeth, we also discover how she is attentive to her cousin's needs. Luke explicitly states that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three, about three months. So that means to term. Talk about having a midwife of midwives to help deliver a child, the mother of God herself. Yes. And how did she attend to her cousin? With great kindness and mercy. The Gospel Value for our school community this year is kindness. Someone has said what the world needs now more than ever is kindness. You know, kindness is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Let us be renewed tonight and resolved to approach the Lord as he is. The one who has come forth from the dead, first fruits. And as we approach Jesus, as we come to Jesus, receiving him in Holy Communion, I want you in your mind's eye to see standing next to Jesus or seated next to Jesus on the throne to his right-hand side, who? The Queen Mother, Mary Immaculate. For that is the proper place of the Queen in relationship to the King. This is based in Scripture. It was not the wives of the kings that sat to his right hand as queen. No, it was the mother of the king that sat as queen. I've shared with you the illustration before. One day, 
Jesus was walking around in heaven and he was seeing a lot of faces that he didn't think he should be seeing. So he went to inquire of St. Peter. He says, Peter, what is going on in here? I'm seeing faces in here that I don't believe are written in the book of life that you have been trusted to you. Lord, I'm telling you, I have done exactly as you instructed me. I have not allowed anybody in that has not been written in the book of life. Well, how is it that they've gotten in here? Well, as I discovered, Lord, because like you, I was wondering as I started seeing certain faces that I knew were not on the, on the list, I, I, I started, and I started paying attention to what was happening when I would turn them away. Your mother was letting them in through the back door. Your mother was allowing them access through the back door. With a mother like that, with a queen like that, with a guide like that, all of us have great cause for joy and hope. For one day, all of this will be over. And we have the words of Jesus in the 14th chapter of John's Gospel, verses 1 through 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And that if I go and prepare a place for you, I shall come back again and take you to myself. So that where I am, you also may be. God love you.